Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Day Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Friday the 16th of July. And as usual, with all the information contained in this briefing, it is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this presentation. And if you need to, of course, you can always pause the PowerPoint slide here and read our disclaimer in full. Or if you are listening by podcast, head on over to our website and you can read the disclaimer there. Okay, well, a bit of a mixed session really on the US markets last night. Dow uh, actually was up 54 points or 0.15%, 34,987. But we did see a big fall in the NASDAQ, down 0.7%, 102 points to 14,543. The S&P 500 closing down 14 or 0.33% in the middle for diddle there. 43,60 for that. We had more US results last night. Of course, we had Morgan Stanley which gave another earnings beat, uh, driven by performance in investment banking and stock trading. Uh, the stock rose 0.2%. Bank of New York Mellon was down one2 That also beat expectations and revenue estimates and EPS estimates. And also authorized a buyback of around $6 billion US dollars worth of common stocks. And US Bancor was up 3.2%. That beat earnings per share and revenue expectations as well. So we are seeing a little bit of ho-humness and a bit of buy the rumour, sell the fact happening in the US on these results at the moment. We're also seeing various commentators out there talking about the transitory inflation and a bit of a stalling in growth in the US markets. That was partly the reason why we saw that NASDAQ and S&P 500, the broader-based indices, come off slightly. Nothing too desperate as yet, but certainly there are some uh, interesting signs occurring at the moment. The VIX index as well also bounced back up 4.16% there, 17.01. So uh, a little bit of interest there in taking some insurance out through the option market. SPY futures pointing to a down six start to the day, but all eyes will be once again on the Sydney Uh, re uh, lockdown and the 11 o'clock update from Auntie Glad uh, whether we will uh, see higher numbers lower numbers or what the prognosis is for the economy Victoria has gone into a snap five-day lockdown so uh, we've now got half the country in lockdown so that's not a good outcome but although it is as they say in all the best economic textbooks at the moment transitory as far as commodities go, last night we saw Brent crude down 1.7%, uh, $1.29, $1.29. down $1.48 to $71.65, looking pretty much like it's going to test that $70 level, I have to say. Uh, down 2.02% there for WTI Gold. Put in a slightly better performance, up $4 or 0.22%, 18.29. And the iron ore price also doing a bit better, up $4.45, up on uh, trade yesterday. We did see some Chinese GDP numbers come out yesterday, which were a little weak, 7.9%. Market was going for 8.1%, but we did see retail sales up 12.2%. So that was a good number there. That did beat expectations around 10.1%. So the Chinese economy seems to be more balanced is the official verdict at the moment. 
uh, more balanced economy is a good thing. And they are putting a little bit of stimulus back into the market as well, with that repo rate falling as well. In commodity prices last night, we had copper up 1.2, nickel up 0.7. Aluminium had a bit of a tricky night, down 2.8%. We had zinc up 1.4, lead up 1.2, and tin up 1.4. And given the Aussie dollar has fallen back to 74.22, which is a little way shy of its 74.80 when we closed with the end of day session last night, then we should see a little bit of interest in those resource stocks, if nothing else today. And we may see a little bit of a replay of yesterday, where we saw industrials and banks under pressure because of the lockdowns, and those resource stocks are pretty firm on the back of a weaker dollar and higher commodity prices, with the exception of oil, of course, which is going nowhere for Santos and Woodside. Here's the S&P 500, as you can see, a little bit of a volatile session, a little bit of toing and froing there. Still the jury very much out on the uh, the growth and the stimulus versus inflation argument. And also the market has run pretty hard into this results season. So there is a little bit of um, buy the rumour, sell the fact going on with the S&P 500. As far as headlines out of the US and Europe go last night, uh, there are some growth anxieties happening and we did see yields declining again. So that is not probably the best sign in the world that we're going to see consistent growth. And the White House has warned the US companies about Hong Kong risks and Biden does face a hard sell in Asia as he continues to the, the uh, old hardline Trump tactics against China. Facebook has removed Iranian accounts targeting U.S. defense firms. And Netflix plans to offer video games in a push beyond films and TV. And Delta variant is engulfing Southeast Asia with the world's fastest growing death rate, which is not a good sign. And the Tokyo virus outbreak has hit a six-month high. The Olympics are very much on the horizon there, and those case numbers are pretty worrying. Thomas Buck, the Olympic head, is in Japan at the moment, putting his foot in his mouth and making the worst of a bad situation. Uh, Booster shots can wait even as variants spread, according to scientists. And Powell, Jerome Powell, of course, inflation remain elevated in coming months. Substantial further progress a ways off. That won't please the market, but the bond market doesn't seem to care at the moment. And the ETFs on the brink of luring, luring more money in seven months than in any other calendar year on record. And OPEC looks like it's nearing a deal. The UAE and Saudi Arabia do seem to be close to some sort of deal there. And the sticking point was the baseline that the UAE production was uh, based on, and obviously. And they seem to be close to an agreement which could see a little bit of a production increase. And that would also uh, push that price of oil down slightly. As far as today goes, what are we seeing here? We're seeing Janet Yellen seeing several more months of high inflation. We did have some jobs data out from the US last night, and that was a pretty positive sign. And we saw Auckland Airport this morning announce international passenger numbers had jumped 468% in June. Sounds a lot, doesn't it? But um, I'm not sure in real numbers it's actually a lot, but certainly in percentage terms it is a lot. Of course, the stock doing quite well recently on the back of that bid for Sydney Airport from IFM and its friends. Melbourne and Victoria go into a snap five-day lockdown. Of course, we'll be waiting for the 11 o'clock update from Sydney and New South Wales. And West Farmers are hoping to persuade the ACCC why it should be allowed to buy API, which is currently bid for. 
A loyalty programs could be a potential sticking point because West Farmers owns the big flybys business and API owns a loyalty program called Sister Club. So that could prove a little bit of an ACCC issue. Um, and also API facing a class action from Priceline franchisees and Sigma Pharmaceuticals still waiting in the wings and maybe working on a counter-proposal. BHP closed up four tenths of a percent in US trade, Rio up six tenths of a percent. So nothing really very exciting there. Woodside out at the moment pushing the Pluto train, Pluto 2 train, as a long-term attractive asset given the propensity at the moment for overseas pension funds and hedge funds and private equity to be having a little look at Australian companies, especially long-term assets like Sydney Airport and Spark Infrastructure, then it is possible that uh, Woodside could get a, a decent price for that. So they're looking at the cost estimates for Scarborough, which are around $16 billion for Scarborough and the Pluto train, and they are looking for potentially a sale of part of that business. Andy Penn, the uh, cardigan-wearing Telstra CEO, has been warning of the risk of cybersecurity through artificial intelligence. So um, good for those companies involved in cybersecurity. Back on the front page again. And no charges in the AMP fees for no service probe, according to ASIC. And Seven Group has one control of Borrell, pretty much on the cheap there. They now have 52.7% as of last night. And it looks like Kerry Stokes' son, Ryan, will be chairing of the company. Alcoa results out in the US obviously has an impact on AWC here. It recorded record EPS and a surge in demand, but the stock did fall 1.2% after hours on the back of that. And here is a thought for the day, not particularly a good thought. A Picasso painting is to be sold in a tokenized form, allowing investors to buy shares in the Picasso painting. I'll leave that thought with you. Question of the day today, we're seeing a little bit of increased competition from PayPal and Apple, and it's taken a big toll on Afterpay and the like this week. Is this the sign that the sector is due for consolidation, or is this the sign that the, cons- the sector is actually run too hard and we are seeing a bit of reality biting the sector and we'll see more so- downside to come so love to hear your thoughts on the buy now pay later sector you can always email me or head on over to the facebook group and share your thoughts with our members there thanks very much for listening and head on over to that group it's a fantastic group we've got three and a half thousand members over on that group members helping members is the motto of that tonight we have asked the analyst at 5 p.m your chance to ask me anything you like anything that's been brooding and that you've been waiting and dying to ask uh, for uh, tonight at 5pm. You can register on our website and love to see you there. So it'd be good to get around 250 people on there. It's always a bit of fun. And due to the fact that I'm going nowhere this evening, uh, due to the lockdowns, then uh, probably run a little bit longer than normal, depending on the level of interest. That's it from me today. Have a great day.